Welcome to the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. We are Heather and Katie, owners of Bar Path Fitness, here to help you sift through the bullshit and toxic misinformation that permeates the fitness industry. Today, we have a Q&A podcast. All right. So we have three questions per usual. And if you, per use, per us, if you want to ask us questions, join our Facebook group, Stronger Than Your Boyfriend, or hit us up on the social meds at Bar Path Fitness on Instagram, or you can email us if you're cool too. Yes. Only if you're cool. Can yes. you email us? Yes. Okay. Question one. <laughs> question one. What piece of cardio equipment is the best one to use? Uh, none of them. Hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. Sad face. So yeah. Okay. No, we have some. We have some. All right. I, if you're going to use a piece of cardio equipment, I would prefer the rower or a salt bike. Okay. So I like the rower because it has a skill component. You have to learn the right cadence with your pole and basically how to move your legs and arms optimally, right? To get the most power out of each pole. So I like that because of the skill component and you really end up focusing on that over how hard you're pulling the rower well that's what you should do i should say and okay i like the assault bike because you're not getting as much eccentric loading on the legs so not doing it you're not doing a ton of damage and also you're utilizing the arms as well so it's a nice full body cardio movement i guess you could say um and yeah talk about something that really jacks your heart rate up immediately yeah for me at least so I like to bike outdoors, so I'm going to say, do you include, like, a actual road bike as cardio equipment? Like, do you include a mountain bike as cardio equipment? So, depends on what you're talking about here, Um, but yeah, I like my road bike, and I also want to get a bike trainer to put my road bike on so that I can train inside as far as when it's cold. I just, I I, I do feel like the person who's asking this question is trying to figure out what the best use of their time in the gym is and Mm. they feel well i'm assuming they feel like they need to do cardio so Hmm. unless they are looking to buy one yeah well okay so if you're trying to just do cardio just to do cardio don't do activities that you like (laughs) to do or just focus on walking more and moving Mm -hmm. more throughout your day like you really don't need to spend hours per week pounding away on a treadmill or the elliptical or stairmaster or whatever yeah because some instagram influencer says that you need to do that to get an ass like her or whatever having said that if you just want to get your heart rate up every once in a while and use something like a stairmaster or uh i like i kind of like that i kind of hate slash like the stairmaster for like yeah. five minutes right that's about it though and that's fine yeah and we talk about it's challenging like, i like it <laughs> i feel like you know again go listen to our why we don't hate cardio podcast like we yeah. get a lot of tools on how to implement cardio into your routine but you don't need to do cardio for the sake of doing cardio like yeah. you can get a lot of the quote-unquote zone two benefits as far as like getting your heart rate up for a uh, period of time not too, super high and get those cardiovascular benefits from that because that's obviously important right but you can do a lot of that from walking but or you know walking with um like city walking as i like to say i'm from chicago city so walking. i walk katie walking very quickly so that gets my heart rate up probably more than most people but i would for cardio you don't need to have a piece of equipment for it yeah you can do things you enjoy like heather said mm-hmm. like i love hiking for my cardio and that's yeah. generally longer but i don't do it every day maybe once or twice a week in the summer try to do once a week in the winter but i just walk a lot and move a lot throughout my day so i don't feel like right now i need any structured cardio mm-hmm. but here and there i will try to get my heart rate up really high because i think that's important to do sometimes to yeah get it to near maximal 
beat team. I guess, yeah. The other question is like, what is your goal, right? True. So like if you are, you know, trying to train for something specific, then that's going to dictate what kind of cardio equipment you're using. Right. Like if you're trying to train for a marathon and you're like, should I get the rower or assault bike? Well, yeah. you should probably just run. <laughs> Specificity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like in general, if you're just wanting, maybe you're trying to build out your home. I don't actually know. Like we would yeah. probably need more details more on context. this. But if you're trying to build out your home gym, like we have a rower here and I love that because I do like the skill skill component. I don't feel super fatigued after doing it. If I do, if, if I am trying to get my heart rate up a little bit more, but the other piece of equipment I would get is like I said, the assault bike because, but I want a bike trainer first. Well, yeah, that's fine. But yeah, like <laughs> figure out the things that you enjoy and that yeah. you can stick to is what I would say. If you want to implement some cardio into your routine, just caution don't overdo your cardio again yes. just try to move more and do things you enjoy but yeah those two are the best but it, it, honestly a treadmill is great too because i like incline walking yeah. that will get your heart rate up a little bit more than just regular walking so and you can obviously get your steps in throughout the day if you don't have or if you don't want to go outside and super cold or whatever so i feel like you would benefit from that heather just hey jumping on it and walking you know what sometimes i do at the gym oh i was gonna say we don't have one here i will be looking on facebook marketplace for stuff for the basement because i keep buying furniture and i start walking on the treadmill on an incline for like five minutes you sell some more programs okay all right question number two uh what should i do for weak wrists okay this is a great question because i a lot of my clients have had this issue and short answer is be on them more but you have to manage your loading and intensity for this. So if they're super weak, I'll just give you a few examples. If they're super weak, start by holding just a high plank position, right? So you're on your hands versus your forearms for maybe like 20 to 30 seconds and then work your way up to a minute. And if you're if you're feeling a little fatigue in your wrist, but it's not painful, great. You're progressing and you're doing well with that. Also, another thing to really, really hone in on is your grip strength, okay? So I think farmer's carries would be one of the best movements for this because you're strengthening your grip and your wrists are having to stabilize the weight in your hands. So that's a kind of two two for one movement there. So Mm -hmm. I really like that. But like I said, don't overdo the volume at first when you're performing movements on your wrist because it's not a, there's the muscles surrounding or in your wrist or around your wrist or whatever in your forearms, they're not super big muscles. So you don't want to overdo it. And you can do, you can do a lot of the wrist strengthening exercises every day, but you have to manage the intensity for it and volume as well. So if you're trying to do something every day because you really want to strengthen it, maybe you're doing like two, two sets of the, the holds on your, on your, uh, the plank holds when you're on your hands. Right. But a lot, another really good exercise, this is probably for those of you who are slightly more advanced and you have access to it are ring support holds so you're getting some rings and you're just basically your arms are straight and pretend like you're you're jumping up and holding yourself and you're about to go into a ring dip you're just going to hold that top position and slightly turn out your wrist so that's a really good way to progress to progress the the strengthening of the wrists but yeah like i said just be on them more train your push-ups train the planks on the in the high plank position you can even do like a lean forward push-up hold that will put a little bit more pressure on the wrists and get a little bit more loading there but again like you kind of just have to gauge where you're at with it and what you can handle yeah and i would reverse all that if you're like a beginner 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 right so like if you're someone who's like really a beginner and you just have really weak wrists and you don't actually like strength train you know frequently 
just starting to strength train is going to help your your yeah. grip strength, right? Because we you go back and listen to our podcast on grip strength and read our blog on grip strength. We talk about it, but basically every time that you're like carrying and holding weights and like lifting and, and increasing that, you're going to gain some grip strength and it's going to increase the strength of your wrists. So if you start with that, then you may be able to move into that plank because I think some people can't. Yeah, you know, the high might plank be a lot. might be a lot. There's also a really good movement that I like to do. It's kind of a mobility slash strengthening movement. You're you set up on your hands and knees and then your hands, you're kind of going to splay your fingers out on the floor and then you're just going to move, shift your weight to where you're, you're trying to push your shoulders over your fingers and then go back. So basically you want to go as far as you can handle. That's not painful. So like rocking forward. Yes. You're rocking forward and then you're rocking backward, right? So Think about like hitting that slight pain point as you rock forward, hold it for a second and then rock backward. So mm -hmm. I like to have clients do that just to kind of prep for their strength training. So maybe I'm inc including it in their warm up, but that's a really good one that you can do every day because it's not super intense, but you're really getting that mobility component too. And okay, I know I'm giving a lot of movements here, but another uh, another movement I think is really good is a direct work for your grip. So wrist curl so basically you're just holding a dumbbell and you're curling the weight up right so you're trying to uh pull your fingers towards your shoulder so it's a very small movement but you'll feel the burn really quickly here and you'll definitely don't use super heavy weights for this and then you can do the reverse curls or the wrist extension movement so the, the one i just described was wrist flexion you want to go into more wrist extension just to train the other half or the other side of your forearm so you're essentially going to do the same thing now you're going to try to you're holding the weight and then your palm is facing downward and now you're just going to lift the try to lift your knuckles up towards your shoulder for that one the more we do these podcasts and we use our hands when we speak, the more I think we should probably put them on YouTube. Yeah, we probably should. So people could actually see what the hell we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, noted. Okay. We should definitely do we that. We will one so. day. All right. Question number three. What is the best way to address an imbalance between both sides of the body? So there are a lot of ways you can approach this. Generally, I like to see a, a tad. Well, OK, let me backtrack. It depends on how bad or big the imbalance is, right? But generally, I would say move or you know, increase the volume on the weaker side, right? So also, you have to remember that you're never going to be perfectly symmetrical, but you can prioritize getting both sides more equal to each other in muscle size and strength, right? So a lot of unilateral movements, you need to you definitely need to be incorporating these into your training and a really solid key for doing these is always start on the weaker side and match that on the stronger side. So the weak side can quote unquote catch up. Okay. Mm. Because a lot of people just have the tendency to start on the stronger side because it just feels more natural or, and, or let's say they do start on the weaker side. They do more on the stronger side because it feels stronger and they feel like they could do more. Don't do that. So let's say you could do six solid. Let me just give an example. Let's say you're doing just a basic split squat. Maybe you're holding 20 pound dumbbells and you can do six reps, you know, on the on the left side. Let's say that's your weaker side. Let's say you feel like you can do 10 reps on your right side. Don't do that. Do the six reps on the right side as well and just stop. OK, because like I said, we want the weaker side to quote unquote catch up. You don't want to continue to get your your dominant side so much stronger so that there's there's just going to be that continual imbalance. OK, and. I would say like definitely you want in, intention and intensity for both sides if you're doing the unilateral movements, but 
always make sure you're training the weak side, especially with as much intensity as you can, like really be, have that intention going into the movement, try to really squeeze the shit out of every single muscle you're working. And that will really help as well because you're connecting more to that side too, right? You're getting that, that mind muscle connection, which definitely helps. Yeah. For me, the intention is really big. And also one of the reasons I start with the weak side first, because it helps me focus on that even because I'm not as tired yet. And for me, like there's one side that I can't, let's see what's a good example there's two examples number one is the knees over toes split squat yeah. is a little harder on one side and um the other exercise is the lateral step downs oh yeah so i have one hip that is super weak compared to the other hip and so like i will start on the weak side with the lateral step downs and i'll go very slow it basically increases the time under tension really on that side um so even though i'm not doing more reps i'm kind of focusing more and increasing that time under tension so it's probably a little more stimulus to that yeah. side before I do like the strong side where I can just like almost crank it out which I don't crank it out but you know it's yeah. it's not as like intentional on that side I feel like it makes a huge difference yeah. the intention that you're doing with doing oh, yeah. it with but yeah if it's a really bad imbalance and I'll give you an example you can only train the weaker side for a short short while so the example I want to give is when uh, this was a uh, years ago when in the fairly early part of my career I had a client come to me and she had played tennis her whole life so and obviously you know when you're a competitive tennis player you're not gonna switch arms that you hit the ball in because you want to make sure you don't have an imbalance right she's gonna use the stronger side and the side that she knows how to you know whack the ball or whatever <laughs> you're doing great with that yeah tennis not a big tennis, tennis person sports ball so she I, she came to me and we're doing assessments and I'm like realizing as I'm watching her move her right side which was the side that she obviously swung the racket with was almost like up higher well it was it was up higher and it was forward more mm. so it was a very visual imbalance and i was like oh wow okay this is definitely an extreme example but we literally trained her left like just her left side we for the first i think four weeks we were just doing unilateral movements for her upper body and you know like not necessarily her lower body too, but mostly for her upper body. We were just training that left side with intensity. And then we were trying to just move the the right side. So like, let's just take a, a seated row, for example, which we were doing a lot of cable work because I really like that for this. So we were doing like a standard standing single arm cable row. So really pushing the intensity on the, the left side. And then on, on her right side, I was more so doing like, let's figure out how to retract and depress your scapula because it just that that awareness wasn't there mm -hmm. on that right side mm -hmm. and again granted it, it wasn't totally there on the left but it was easier because it wasn't so pulled forward and like her shoulder wasn't so internally rotated so i would just like we would train her right side in a sense but more so like trying to get her to connect to the, those muscles there because she was just you know almost going you're once you're that skill that a movement and you're, you're kind of just going through the motions as far mm -hmm. as like what it feels like and you're trying to perfect your skill but that's different than feeling the muscles there so that's what i was trying to get her to do on her right side and eventually it did like there was some strength gain and like quote unquote catch up on both sides but that's just a really extreme example so you really just have to see where you're at with things like i feel like your hip example isn't super intense but no. it definitely is a big discrepancy so. i would say for extreme examples only is like what you were just talking about right yeah because it was very the, extreme the average person especially if you're not working with a coach who can help you decipher this because you may not 
know this is happening, you don't necessarily want to, you know, strength train a bunch on one side to try to catch up because then what can happen is that side gets stronger. Well, and then you have issues. Yeah. But like you have to, I'm just, I was giving that example because a lot of people could very well have played sports their whole life. And now they are that, you know, general recreational lifter, but they don't really realize or they're not really connecting like, oh yeah, I, maybe they feel it in certain lifts that they're doing, but Mm -hmm. maybe they really do need to take some time and like really focus in on one side. But, and again, like don't not train the other side, but like, if I'm looking at you and your one side is visually bigger and stronger like we have a lot of catch-up to do on the other side mm. so but i did not train the the the, the stronger right. side it was more of like first we're gonna like move this and we're gonna do a you know some reps but just it's not gonna be as intense as the left side as far as like the amount of load we're lifting but it's more of like with her we were trying to get her again like i said to connect to those muscles because there was literally no connection there it was just like do the movement as fast and as best as i can and I, we really had to slow it down and really like help her really improve that mind muscle connection. But yeah, like if you really feel like it's bad, like definitely get it assessed by a coach. But yeah, like for the for, for the most part, most people aren't going to have that big of an imbalance. So that's why starting on the weaker side is a great way to do that because you're always going to be, you know, fresher or less fatigued. And then you can potentially do a little bit more volume, but it doesn't need to be like, are you doing six sets on the weaker side and two sets on the right? It can be like one set more or two sets more here and there. It doesn't need to be super intense because research time. Um, There's actually some fun research on if you work one side of the body, there's some voluntary strength that can increase on the contralateral side. Yes. This term is called the contralateral strength training effect. Um, And so there's uh, there's actually a meta-analysis I can post. I'm pretty sure I read this before. Yeah. In the the study was on people who injured one limb. Yeah. A lot of times that's the the type of study they yeah and it's really cool because you know you would think all right i can't move let's say my right arms and i train my left arm my left arm's gonna get super super strong and my right arm's gonna be super weak no there's a strength sparing effect that happens in your brain which is really cool and that's what heather's talking about right yeah, now. yeah this so. particular meta-analysis says that the size of the contralateral strength training effect is approximately eight percent of initial strength or about half the increase in strength of the train side interesting so can you break that down? If you were doing, let's say you're doing like 100% on the left side, you would get 50% of that strength gain on the right. I don't know. If it's, yeah, I got to read the whole study. I literally just pulled this out okay. on my phone. So yeah. I'm Anyways, just going to post it and you can look at it. There's some strength sparing effect that's happening if you are injured, which is another scenario that could be happening here. I think a lot of it's neurological too, right? Oh, I think most I of think, it is. Yeah. The whole like one side getting stronger because you're training the other side. I think a lot of it's that like neurological connections that you're making. Yeah. And the what the brain the, stuff. Yeah. And the CNS, which is obviously related to your brain, but it's your, your central nervous system doesn't really know like, oh, I'm lifting 25 pounds versus 20. It just knows that it's more weight, you know? So yeah. yeah. Anywho. Cool. Cool. Okay. Awesome. I think that's it for today. Um, If you have questions, please feel free to ask. And if you like this podcast, we would love, love, love if you could just go in your podcast app and click on the stars and rate it and maybe even write a little review. It really does help with the algorithm because it's really hard to get seen out there. Yeah. And share it with your fitness loving and your not fitness loving friends. Yes. All of them. All of your people in your life. 